Welcome to the Best of Power Tips Unscripted. Season 5 will begin September 21st with a live recording at the Remodelers Summit. Until then, enjoy our Best of Power Tips Unscripted series. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Jake Schlegel, founder of Schlegel Design Remodel in Kansas City, Missouri. Many remodelers dream of one day building a high volume remodeling company. Others aren't sure it's worth the effort. Jake is here to discuss what it takes to grow a high volume remodeling business. Why build it? Who should be involved? What are the expectations? We'll answer all those questions and more in just a minute. You just mind your P's and Q's, Buster, and remember who you're dealing with. How about a press? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Howdy ho. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. And we get to talk about one of my favorite topics today, growing a business. Woohoo! High volume growth. Yeah. You know, there are so few companies that really can build over $10 million companies. So we've got we've got quite a few in roundtables, but there just aren't that many in this industry. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's it's all, You need a manual. Yeah, you do. You need a manual and you need a discipline. You know, so our guest today, Jake, is he's got that discipline, right? He's always been about a solid business that is profitable year after year. And that consistency is so important, too. Absolutely. His story is very cool because some people get to that point by starting with by buying another company. Yep. But um, not all are able to do that. This is a good one. Yep. Okay, shall we? Let's let's shall. Okay. Our guest today is Jake Schlegel. He's the founder of Schlegel Design Remodeler in Kansas City. Mm. Our guest today is Jake Schlegel. Jake is the founder of Schlegel Design Remodel in Kansas City. He started this company in 1980 as a one-man company, and he has grown it with the help of his team in excess of $14 million of revenue annually. The company is now managed by Jake's son, Charlie Schlegel, and his partner, Chris Peterson. Jake's still active as an advisor. In addition, he is a longtime Remodelers Advantage Roundtable facilitator where he helps remodelers of all shapes and sizes from across the country realize their growth dreams. Welcome, Jake. Well, good morning, Victoria. Good to be with you and Mark. Yes, nice. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. We know it's busy times out there right now. So, you know, appreciate you sharing some of your wisdom with us. Sure. Yes. I'd be, uh, you know, I love being able to work with remodelers. As you said, I'm a facilitator with the Roundtables group. So, um, you know, I get a lot out by giving. So Mm -hmm. when I started facilitating, I was still active in the business and uh, working with a lot of small companies. But every time I met and left those meetings, I always took something with me. Mm -hmm. So it's by giving that we get. There you go. My philosophy as well. So Jake, you know, you, you've been in the business for quite a while. You've grown the business quite a bit. Sort of give us a little bit of history along with sort of some milestones in that history. Well, you know, I, I got my degree in 1976, a small college in Kansas City, and a degree in business. So, and I always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. And But when I did get out of college, I worked for a company for a few years, and but that entrepreneurial spirit was strong. And which I think is a key ingredient to starting, owning, running a business to grow it, to be successful. So and so in 1980, uh, after working with I went back to work with a 
person that I worked with during college doing some, you know, contracting remodeling work. And I switched jobs, my careers, uh, late seventies, it didn't work out. I needed something to do to feed about four mouths at the time, <laughs> my, my wife and two children. So I went back to work with him and bought him out, uh, paid him $300 for his box of tools and two old ladders. Oh, and, uh, so a good January, investment, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> January 28th. And my, I remember going my first day on the job, a cold, unheated apartment building that needed to be painted. So, uh, so anyway, it was the entrepreneurial spirit that was always in me and that really drove me for the last 40 years to, to do what I did. And I see a lot of people that have a lot of different skills and stuff, but you got to have that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah, no doubt about it. So tell us about, you know, sort of your first major hires, the first people who really helped you get this thing rocking. Well, you know, my first major hires, uh, I learned a lot because I hired the wrong people. Ah. So, and, you know, there's always, that's one way of learning is by doing it wrong, mm-hmm. taking that lesson. And, you know, when I was getting started, I would be, at, I would attend seminars through NARI, uh, various, you know, universities or whatever located in the area about business and how to do business. And they always talked about people, hiring the right people, using, getting the right people on your team. And I always had a hard time with that initially because I thought, well, I have people, but none of my people, I'm, I'm not going to build with any of these people. So um, it was a really learning process and knowing to really, you know, the whole process of getting job, dis- you know, figuring out positions, what positions you want, what does a job description look like for that? And then, knowing how to look for the right people to fill that role, how to hold them accountable, manage them. And, um, you know, I, I learned soon, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire philosophy. Mm -hmm. So I could bring the right people on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I went through a lot of people and, um, it wasn't until I actually, I got involved it was with the remodelers advantage when I was 1995, it took me almost 15 years to start getting serious because I'd hit a milestone. I think I was doing $750,000 in 1995 and it, I just stuck there and old Walt Stepperworth, the guru of the eighties and nineties for remodelers, you know, there was that, that no man's land. I think it was about 750 to a million dollars is, where at that time, a lot of remodelers got stuck. Today, it's probably 2 to $3 million right. um, because, you know, the economy and the dollar and all that has grown so much in that period of time. So, um, but anyway, I did really started to learn the process and systems to bring good people on. And, um, you know, it's one thing to bring people on to then again, just be able to hold them accountable and, and, and either sink or swim with them. Well, so, so t- when you said you had people, but they weren't people you could grow with, what were the characteristics of the people that you saw you couldn't grow with, and what are the characteristics of people you hire now? Uh, ownership of the role is key that you bring people in that truly understand what their role is, what their their part in the, in the company is, and then being able to uh, – they take the response. They, they've got to have the value, the values of accountability and responsibility. That's key 
because that means they own their role and they can, I can delegate to them what I need to have done and they get it done. Mm -hmm. And me as an owner and an effective manager and leader don't buy, I cannot buy it back. Again, that was another one of the, my pitfalls that I would buy back their shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was the way life is. You know, you own a small business, you hire these people and the reason they're working for you is because they can't work for themselves because they can't be accountable and responsible. So it was um, learning to, to be able to delegate and that they own it and they do it and you build a team around it. Just like, you know, the old metaphor of the football team, everybody, there's 11 guys, they all have their positions. Yep. And this takes one person to fail. And then all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. it's a disaster. Okay, so the hiring people that have that value, the, the, the value, the idea of accountability and responsibility, what are some other components that have gone into your significant growth? Um, well, you know, early I had a vision. And um, again, I learned, you know, and going to some seminars about visions and build, building a picture in your mind. What is my company? What do I want it to look like? And I, so I built this vision that I wanted a company that have, would have, you know, these, these divisions or compartments or we call them divisions, you know, like administration, sales and marketing and production. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so I, I got that thinking in my head and that I would be over all three of these divisions and each division would have its own manager in it. And then those managers would be part of my team, my leadership team. And um, I could count on them that they own their pro- their roles and together we can get together, you know, form a strategic plans, build it, meet periodically to see how we're doing, check the scorecard and then, um, you know, react accordingly. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few laughs. Join us September 21st and 22nd for the annual Remodeler Summit at Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center, just outside D.C. This year's theme, Homecoming, the art of building a remarkable culture, because culture eats strategy for breakfast. Featuring two-time best-selling author Deanne Turner, Joe Cursillo, the mind shark, and Hannah Pryor, the secret weapon for impossible change. Plus 40 visionary speakers, 36 high-octane workshops, four education tracks, and of course, our legendary welcome party. Are you ready for homecoming? Visit RemodelerSummit.com to learn more. Jake, taking a step back, for some, building a high-volume company isn't even necessarily on the radar and and i've spoken to a couple that that will say i'd be content to just get to like two and a half million and and sit there can you just discuss that a little bit what why grow why continue to grow what are the benefits or 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 pitfalls to doing it that's a great point you know i when i facilitate groups and we talk i you know everybody should build their vision and yeah i think to 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 be a high growth, I think you have to have a competitive spirit as well that, you know, our vision in our company is to be the, the dominant company in our market. 
Um, dominant not meaning the largest necessarily, uh, you know, the, the most volume, but is to be the, the leader uh, in, the, in our community, to be the best, the company that people want to be with, associate with, to hire, to work for to, to, um, you know, do their, their projects. So, but I do stress to people that, you know, that's your vision. You own it, you get to build it. And, you know, but I'm, I was working when I, my early days, I was working 60 hours a week and I would never wish that upon anybody. You know, we had four children and I, I, I loved to be with my family and I made, you know, I sacrificed that, and our, my family sacrificed, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you know, I look back today and see, you know, guys did a lot more with their families than I did. Um, you know, I'm trying to make up for that now, but um, it's, it's really what, what lifestyle do you want? What's your vision? And mm-hmm. I see companies doing $2 million to $3 million a year that have a very nice living. Mm-hmm. Their, their, their income is very good. They're meeting their objectives, um, you know, funding their 401k, their retirement plans, taking days, you know, vacation time, working 40 hours, 45 hours a week and doing very well. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I had that I had that thought early because I was challenged early about, you know, why am I why do I want to get big? What's going to so what? So. Mm-hmm you're a big guy in town or whatever. And I, I knew a lot of guys that were big that were failing and mm-hmm. um, they might've had the nicest truck or car and had a, they thought they had a reputation of being the, the big guys in town, but they weren't um, talk to any suppliers and they'll tell you, yeah, yeah. he's 120 days out right. and um, yeah. we're cutting them off, things like that. But mm-hmm. I tell you, that's why I say you got to get the vision of what you want. That's a key, key foundation um, and just live with it and go with it. And, um, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to both models, you know, at, at a larger or a smaller volume, you may not have as enough, as many personnel to help cover some of the, the, the issues that come up in remodeling, you know, the, the irate clients, the, um, poor performing projects that you have more people to share in that. And that's, that's helped me a lot over the years that I've had a team to help mm-hmm. where if you're smaller and you don't have that large a team, you may be touching more of the, the, the problems than, than you want to. But by no means, is there anything wrong with picking up, getting your vision, picking which way you want to go and go with it, live it, mm-hmm. market it and enjoy it. But make sure you have the big picture in mind that you want to, you know, I remember going to projects and I walk in their house through their around their house looking in the garage and they have two brand new Mercedes sitting in the garage and they're getting ready to head to Hawaii for two weeks, taking the whole family. <laughs> and, and I think, well, why don't I deserve that? Yeah. I mean, I'm a good person. You work <laughs> hard. You're smart. Take yeah. my prayers, go to church and yeah. do all that kind of stuff. And I thought I did just as much as anybody else. Right. And my vision took me to being able to, you know, I just go with the high volume way. But again, I know you all see it too on the financials we look at that um, it's all about funding the life you want. Right. And what's the best way to fund that life and keep a quality of life. I know RA has always stressed that, mm-hmm. which I really liked about that because 
I mean, you know, I did not want to be the richest man in the cemetery. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Now, Jake, how many employees do you have today? Uh, I think we're right around 65. 65 employees. Okay. So what were, if you could go back and do it all over again, what are two or three things that you would have done differently? Well, I would have reacted quick. I would have planned earlier. As I said, it was 95, 15 years I'm in business. You know, our mortality rates are around five years, five to seven years typically. Of remodeling businesses. Mm-hmm. Remodeling businesses when burnout occurs. and um, But I wasn't, you know, so I was enjoying it. But I would have reacted much sooner and got help sooner. By help, I mean, you know, um, looking for help through this SBA, um, you know, coaching that most most cities have SBA coaches, uh, successful retired business people typically that will help, which I used. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've used the uh, local universities MBA programs and their capstone projects to, uh, you know, take one something that we had and, um, you know, develop a plan for it. I mean, these are five, usually, let's say, five MBA students in their yep. final year. Nice. And most of these MBA students, a lot of the MBA students, um, in a, you know, in a commuter-type schools, I mean, they're five to ten years into business already. So they're not like fresh out of college going into the MBA program. Mm-hmm. So the MBAs, the SBAs, hiring a business coach and um, getting into an organization such as RA to help me with my vision, my planning, my strategic planning, and um, had, and then in the in the area of accountability, one of our biggest pitfalls as small business owners is lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an op- entrepreneur, we do what we want to do, right? And we don't do what we don't want to do, and so, but that's the hard part is doing what you don't want to do and making some of the hard decisions. Mm -hmm. So I would say those were some of the keys to doing that. And, you know, on the financial side, um, never living beyond your means Mm -hmm. um, and um, watching debt load and, um, and budgeting, you know, it took me too long not to budget. And today I see when I work with small companies, the lack of budgeting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking budgeting for your lifestyle too. Yeah. And budgeting for the company, but making sure that you're budgeting to get out of your company, which you need to get out to maintain that vision mm-hmm. that you have of your company mm-hmm. and what it's going to do for you personally, yep. not just monetarily, but personally. That's awesome advice, Jake. That's great. Jake, I'm going to do what I think is right right now. And we're going to move on to the lightning round. What do you think of that? Lightning round. I love lightning rounds. (laughs) (laughs) And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! Okay, we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? The E-Myth. I read that many, many years ago. And it uh, just like it was me on the bad side. (laughs) And everything that I was doing... And this guy had a, uh, this guy nailed it. I was doing all of that. And it was such an eye-opening experience. If you weren't 
remodeling business owner and remodelers advantage facilitator, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, I probably would have wanted to be a pilot. What are you not very good at? Uh, I wasn't very good at, deli- at holding people accountable. Your room, your desk, or your car? Which would you clean first? Uh, I'm going to say my room. What's your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? Uh, people not doing what they said they were going to do by the time they said they would do it. <laughs> That's a good one. I think that's everybody's pet peeve, at least one of them. Yeah. That's and, great. You know, I have no problem that people can't always make a deadline, but not to tell a person beforehand. Yes, totally agree. Yep. And they say, yeah, I didn't get that done. Yeah, but no. I'll have it done tomorrow. Well, you should have told me that yesterday. Right. I don't like surprises. Don't surprise no. me. Hey, Jake, right. this has been awesome. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us. We You're very great. much appreciate it. Now, before I let you go, though, I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. Okay. Uh, vision, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Paint a picture. What's it going to look like? Uh, commitment. Once you get the once you get the vision done, uh, if you make the commitment to doing it, then the planning. Okay. Put together the plan, um, and then you know I had that brand as well um, as one of my key words. You know, when it's in business, what is my brand? What's my unique selling position? Mm-hmm. Um, and then love people, get people, okay. all right, grace the people, and. Um, and once you get to people, love them. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that's you, all right. Well, we're mm-hmm. delighted that you're part of our roundtables family, yes. and we so appreciate you sharing your your you know your experiences with us. There's a lot of people who uh, have uh, goals to be where you are, so I'm sure this has been very helpful. So thank you very much. Thank you, Vic. You have a great organization, and Thanks. I love being a part of it. Good. So, well, thank yeah. you very much. Okay. All righty, Mark, Vic, have a good day. Thanks, See you, Jake. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. That was awesome. I love hearing people's stories and how they how they got to where they are. He made it sound so easy, didn't he? Just make people be accountable. That's hard. That's <laughs> <laughs> right? hard. That that in itself is a whole podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but he's great and you know, it's just not only has he built uh, an amazing company in terms of size and profitability, but the longevity of his team. His people are excellent and they stick around. I thought it was very um, poignant to to mention you. You hear a lot out there in, in the business world in general that you need to get employees to think like owners. Mm-hmm. But I think before you can even get to that point, they need to take, as Jake said, you know, ownership of their role. Mm-hmm. And and that's a big thing that I think is overlooked. We're trying to get them to think like owners, but you know, do they do they own their role? Do they own their position first? Yeah. And are they are they are they that person right. that takes the pride in their position as if it were the entire company and everything hinged on it? And then you can move on from there once you've got that and right. and get them to, to think like owners company-wide. Right, right. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, it was always nice having some of the folks that we've known for so many years be, be part of it. So I really appreciate Jake and all he does for us. And that was another good episode, don't you think? Yeah, it was a good one. Well, as always, we want to thank Jake for taking the time to talk to us. And we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next time. 
This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.